Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Praise God. Well, hey, my name is Levi, and I'm so thankful that you might, you might have saw, seen my face out there. <laughs> I had a friend here in town, and they were driving down the a couple weeks ago, and they're like, "Levi, I just saw your face on a on a billboard outside this church." I was like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> yeah, Susan says it was too small. I'm like, I'm, "I don't know about that, but <laughs> next time." <laughs> oh man! So I'm so thankful to be here at People's Church. This is my second time here with you on a Sunday morning, but you know, I've got a lot of history with your pastors. I love your pastors, Gary and Susan. Who, who just appreciates Gary and Susan? Aren't you, you thankful for them? Um, I've got a lot of, a lot of history for them, for the, with them for the last 11 years, I think now, 12, 12 years, I've been following them around <laughs> all over the place. And so, um, yeah, it's just really wonderful to, uh, journey with them and just so grateful for you both and, um, and the, the special connection that we have in the Lord. And I just believe that we're just getting started. Uh, there's something happening in the, in the world right now, if you're not aware of it. There's, there's little sparks of revival. There's little sparks of revival. Uh, the Asbury revival or outpouring, whatever you want to call it. Um, I didn't make it. You got something to say? Oh, oh, I didn't make it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, this is pretty important. I have a fiancé here. Yeah. This is Shanna. She was here last time. If somebody, who was here last time? Some of you guys. We were dating last time. That was last November. But we were on. We, Susan said she prayed her in. <laughs> Thanks, Susan. You gotta say something. So I had breakfast with Levi a, a month ago at we were at a conference in Bethel, and I'm like, "Bro, what's wrong with you? <laughs> she's beautiful. She's spiritual. She's supernatural. Come on, somebody, you need to pop the question." <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding around. God bless you, Levi. You, you weren't the only one. I was a little. I was a little slow, but you know what? God is good, and she said yes. That's you know. So, so we're we're really excited. Really excited to have Shanna here and. Um, and some friends, too. I want, I want to introduce my friend Kevin Franklin. Some of you guys remember him from last time. He, he released a word here last time I was here. It was really powerful, really encouraged a lot of you. I'm going to just introduce the whole team. Can you just stand up one at a time? Elizabeth, she's all the way from India. She's a really close friend of mine, prophetic event. You just, she carries the whole package. Um, we're going to hear from some of these guys. Uh, Sang here is from India as well. I love India. And then we've got from South Carolina, Leslie. And from Pennsylvania, we got Devin the drummer. He's more than a drummer. And also we have some friends uh, that just, just just drove down from Woodland, right in your neighborhood. Uh, and these are some newer friends of mine, longtime friends of Shanna's. So Kelsey, you want to wave, Kelsey? This is Kelsey and Christina. And they're powerful as well. They're both in ministry and moving in the gifts of the Spirit. So we're going we're gonna to include them during the ministry time. So this is kind of like a friends trip for me. So, um, And so... Uh, 
Praise God. So I, you know, I woke up this morning. I was having breakfast with uh, Susan and Gary, and um, that was a good breakfast, by the way. <laughs> that was good. And so I just felt this. I was still kind of praying in today to today and what God wants to do today. And I had some ideas, but I just didn't really have the assurance. But I, right when I was sitting with them, I just this message dropped into my heart. This is something I've shared a lot before, and I feel like it's happening today. That there is a hope that God wants to release into this body. He wants to infuse you with hope. And I want to tell you, it's going to change your life. If there's one message that's changed my life, uh, it's, it's this message. I would say since I've been a Christian, it's the message of hope, that God is the God of all hope. And I really do believe that this is going to be a turning point day for somebody here in this room, that something's going to click for you. Something's going to, like a light bulb's going to come on, and that some, there's going to be a burst of hope in your heart. And not just the temporal hope that we talk about in this world, like wishful thinking. This is not like just wishful thinking. Hope is a way of thinking. Hope is a lifestyle. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, there's, a, there's revival that's happening. Asbury, there's, there's, there's these little signs. University campuses starting to break out. I had some friends. I, I had a friend that tried to get me to go with him, and I wasn't able to pull it off quite. But he spent three days there. And he said all these young people, he said he got there at 9 p.m. at night and waited for two to three hours every night to get into the chapel at 9 p.m. And he would just, he's a night owl. So he'd get in at like 11, 12 at night and he would just stay all night worshiping. And it was like all night long, 24 seven, they had just worship and, and people were just coming to the altar, weeping, repenting. And the folks that showed up in the morning, some of them had to wait eight to nine hours to get into the chapel. And this happened for, I don't know, weeks. Um, it's still happening in a, in a, in a different kind of, there's different little pockets. But, uh, he said, all these young people, he said, Levi, there's Baptists there. There's a lot of folks that, you know, maybe aren't as familiar to maybe uh, our brand of Christianity with the supernatural, the gifts of the Spirit, you know, healing, signs and wonders, those kind of things. All these young people, he said, you know why they were there? They were there to feel God. It's like they heard that you can just feel God in this place. So they said, well, we're going we're, we're to wait in line for that. And they waited in line. And there's, uh, there's something happening in Gen Z right now. I'm telling you guys, this is, this is a powerful generation. God's going to use it powerfully. But there's a rebellion against the celebrity culture that's crept into the church. That's, uh, that, that, that's um, you know, and, and, and you know how they selected their worship teams for this place, or for this, during this revival? They had this team of people, and they would ask the Holy Spirit to highlight people in the crowd who was supposed to lead worship next. And they'd come up to him and be like, you're going to lead worship next. And they'd be like, okay, yeah, you're right. And it would just be like, and then they put them in the back room, and they, and they have this consecration room, they called it. And they would pray for him. They had all these praying grandmas. We got some praying grandmas here, yeah. Pray, thank you, Lord, for the praying grandmas and grandpas. And they had the praying grandmas in the back. And they'd put the, the teams through. They'd pray for him for 30 to 60 minutes until they felt the release in the spirit that they were ready. And then they'd put him on stage. And anybody that walked on the stage, that's the, they, that was the process. They had to go through the consecration room. I mean, like, put me in the consecration room, right? I'm like, Jesus. And uh, so they had, uh, when I read this uh, report from this uh, friend of a friend, who was helping, you know, behind the scenes. They had, they had done 100 worship teams at that point. And this was probably halfway through all of this, so I'm sure there was more. 24-7, just, and then, of course, it just blew up. There's people coming from all over the world. My friend Hagen, who went, he said his, it did more to impact his theology three days in that atmosphere than the last nine years of his life. He said it was so impacting. He said he just kept, like, it was the Holy Spirit was just showing him things he needed to repent of. He's a minister of the gospel, travels around the world. He was in that atmosphere, and he would just keep coming back to the altar, repent of something, and there was an exchange as he would repent. Like simple things like, God, I don't love my wife enough. Help me love my wife more. 
and there was an exchange. And God took this, this thing that he was laying down and it filled his heart with more love and it changed him. Today, somebody's going to get changed. You know, we're, we're, you know, Christianity is a unique thing. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of religion in the world, but Christianity teaches that you can change. That's radical. I've, I've been to India. I've been to places where the religions, the pagan religions, they're very fatalistic. They're very like, you know, there's the caste system. What, what, you, get, what you get is what you got. You're stuck. How you were born is who you will be forever. That is the normal in this world. That's the, the, one of the patterns of this world. And so many, you know, religions, Christianity is the only religion that teaches that you could be transformed. You can be transformed. I want to give you some hope today. Wherever you're at, you can be transformed. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord for 30, 40 years. You've got more transformation coming. Come on. And so that's good news. So uh, we're going to see some transformation today. You know, it says in Romans 12, chapter 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that what it says? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That's powerful. So how do we experience transformation? There's two things, two, th- two ways you can be transformed in walking with Jesus. There's this, which is mind renewal transformation. And then there's also uh, where it talks about, um, um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to lose the reference here. Is it 2 Corinthians where it talks about um, beholding as in a mirror? Beholding as in a mirror. We, we, uh, how's it go again? <laughs> Take a laugh break real quick. <laughs> Beholding as in a mirror, we are, we, we, uh, yeah, here it is. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Mike saving the day. Yeah, I needed Mike. You know, we need the body. I, I need some help. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Beholding. So you can be transformed by renewing your mind. You can be transformed by beholding his glory. Two different ways we're transformed. Uh, we all with unveiled, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Say being transformed. Into the same image. Say same image. From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. That, that phrase, glory to glory, one translation says it like this. They say, from one degree of glory to the next. The NIV says, ever increasing glory. So if you look at the original language on that, the implication is we're going up, we're advancing, we're conquering, we're more than conquerors, we're overcoming. This kingdom is only, this train is only moving one way, and it's victory. It's victory, 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 victory. It's triumph. It's, it is advancement. Second Corinthians 2.14, one of my favorite scriptures, I can remember it because it's Valentine's Day, 2.14. <laughs> I can help that one. I get that one. But 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says this, but thanks be to God who always, say always, always leads us into triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place, everywhere we go, always triumph. Everywhere I go, I'm spreading the fragrant aroma of the knowledge of Christ in every, every place, the knowledge of him. That means, I'm gonna just put this in the vernacular. Everywhere you go, people encounter Jesus. Everywhere I go, people start getting a revelation of who he is, the knowledge of who he is. That is reality. If you meditate on that scripture and you get it in you, get a revelation of it, that's how you see your shadow start healing people. You start seeing shadow healings. You start having glory handshakes. Like my brother here, he's got a glory handshake. (laughs) And you just, you shake their hand and you just say, oh, they'll never be the same again. Because I shook their hand. 
this is supposed to be normal. Victory, victory, triumph. And so uh, that happened, by the way. I had a glory handshake in England once with a Hindu. I just shook their hand. I didn't know they were Hindu. And uh, they came to our service that night. They tried to find us. I just, it was, a cook, it was the owner of a restaurant we ate at, and I just, just said a blessing. I didn't pray for him, didn't even share the gospel with him. I just shook his hand. But I'd been in the glory. <laughs> and he showed up to church that night. He said, we had to find this place because when that man who shook my hand, there was a spirit that came on me, a greater spirit than any spirit I've ever known. And I, he, they know a lot of spirits in, in India, the Hindus. Yeah, they know a lot about the spirits. But he said, I saw, I saw the, the boss spirit. It was boss. The boss showed up. The boss showed up. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit, got his, he's got his big boy pants on today. And he is ready for business. He's ready to launch you into victory. He's ready to launch you into victory. That, that, that woman, Claire, you came up earlier. Where are you at, Claire? I just felt like this was a launching season for you when you were up here. Uh, this is a launching season for you. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's glory to glory. This is not you pulling back. It might not look like the same thing you've been doing, but it's the next degree of glory. It's the next degree of glory. And uh, I want to just release that over you. So uh, it says in Proverbs thirteen twelve, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. One of the things that I saw God doing this morning was healing heart sickness. And it's coming from disappointments from your past. Some of you guys have had loved ones that you've prayed and you've fasted and you believed for their healing and they died. And that has caused, it's like a, a snag on the inside. It's like, it's, 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 it's hurt. And it's, it's caused a disappointment. It's, it's brought sickness. And you know what? God is not just the healer of bodies. He's the healer of hearts. God's going to heal hearts today. today. And so, um, when we're talking about hope, what is hope? You know, so I grew up in a church. My dad was a pastor for 32 years. as a PK. And the name of our church was New Hope. New Hope Christian Church. It was out in La Grande, Oregon, out in the sticks. Not too far from here. <laughs> and uh, our, our name of, the name of our church was New Hope Christian Church. And I remember as a kid thinking, what a lame name. <laughs> I thought, can we have like a faith church? Or like, I don't want to just hope for stuff all the time. Because, you know, the world's definition of hope is, you know, I hope this will happen. I hope it's, it's wishful thinking. That's not biblical hope. Let me tell you about some biblical hope. Does anybody want to hear about biblical hope? Biblical hope is Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land. Remember the story? There was 12 spies. He sent into the promised land. He said, go spy it out. Check it out. Let, me, let us know what is, what's happening. So 10 spies come back and they say, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. There's giants. We're like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Let's hide in the desert, build a bomb shelter. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. We might as well give up. Let's just die in this desert, afraid. But Joshua and Caleb, they saw the world differently. By the way, this is a room full of Joshua's and Caleb's. I can feel it in the room. Some of you guys don't even know you're a Joshua. You don't even know you're a Caleb yet, but you're going to get the Caleb spirit today. It's going to kid on you. Joshua and Caleb saw the same circumstances. They saw the same giants. Isn't that right? And they had a completely different conclusion. They said, we're going to eat these giants for lunch. Again, that's my paraphrase. That's essentially what they said. They said, these giants will be our bread. They'll be our bread. We're going to eat them for lunch. Pretty different pretty radically different conclusions, wouldn't you say? See, Joshua and Caleb 
had, have what I call biblical hope. They, biblical hope is not wishful thinking. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. It changes the way we see circumstances. I have this theory. I have this theory that Joshua and Caleb were testimony junkies. And I think they were buddies. Because this is usually the way it works. You get a buddy and you, it's like two fires or two logs on a fire. You can keep each other kind of going a little bit. They were like, I think they were two logs on the fire, you know, and they were like, we're not going to let this fire go out. And, you know, Deuteronomy 4.9, there's, there's so many scriptures I could t- tell you about where God talks about the importance of remembering the testimony. But De- Deuteronomy 4.9, it says, only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. Remember what we were talking about, hope deferred makes the, what, the heart sick. Keep your soul diligently. The Bible also says, guard your heart above all things, for it is the wellspring of life. So keep your soul diligently so that you, so it's the same idea I'm trying to get at. This, he's like, this is really important. Do it diligently. So that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen. And they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. I think Joshua and Caleb just hung out and they said, do you remember? Do you remember, Caleb? Do you remember when we went to the Red Sea? That was wild. I'll never forget that. I, don't let me forget it. People around here, they're forgetting. But I'm not going to forget. That was my God. That was my God. He did that. He saved our, he saved our tails. We were, we were toast. He showed up. He'll do it again. Don't let me forget, Joshua. Don't let me forget, Caleb. They were remembering. Remembering the testimony. It's more than just reciting it. It's keeping it in your heart. Keeping it in your heart. Some of you guys, everyone here has a testimony. I guarantee you. If you're here today, you got a testimony. I can tell there's some, there's some golden crowned folks in this place. You guys got some testimonies. Because you guys have had some tests. Right? I'm sure. That's what you do with tests. You turn them into testimonies. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, they were, uh, you know, this is, this is important. Another thing I want to just encourage you. Psalm 119. Read it in the New American Standard Version. The whole book. I read the whole Bible. But read, read, read Psalm 119 in the New American Standard. It is, and see what it says about testimonies. It's loaded. Again and again and again. If you want to thrive in life, remember testimonies. Recite them. Make them a treasure in your heart. Uh, you can, that's homework for somebody. So, uh, this is, this is the definition of hope that I came up with from the Bible. I would say hope, it's a confident expectation that something wonderful is about to happen. Something wonderful is about to happen. And this expectation is based on the goodness and the promises of God. Okay. I'm reading some scripture. You guys okay with a lot of scripture? Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to read this. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Uh, hope is the ultimate, a hopeful Christian is the, it's, it's, it's the ultimate level of mature Christian. Okay? And I'm going to show you in scripture. Okay? I'm going to show you why a hopeful scripture, or a hopeful Christian is the most mature Christian. Okay? Um, So we'll read this together. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. Next verse. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, And proven character, 
hope. Now, how many of you guys appreciate character? We need more character in the church. Amen? I got nothing bad to say about character. We need more of it. But I want to tell you that character is not enough. There is another level of maturity, and it's called hope. It's called hope. And so uh, we'll go to the next verse. I love this part. And hope, this, this hope that we're talking about. Remember, this is not the world's definition of hope. This is our hope. Hope does not disappoint. It does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Some of you guys are here and you're disappointed. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. I've been there. I just went through probably the, you know, uh, I would say the year, the year before this last year was, I went through probably three of the most challenging years of my life. I literally, I was like, I was like, I've never, I'll just give you an idea of how hard it was for me. I've, I, I've never in my life been suicidal, but I was praying, Lord, just take me out, please. It'd be a lot easier. And I was sincere. I, was, I'm not, I wasn't joking with the Lord. Just take me out. I was, I was, pretty, I was pretty in a rough place. So I've, I've been disappointed. I know what that feels like. But I want to tell you that it's possible. It's not only possible. It's normal in the Christian life to live a disappoint-proof life. God wants to get us to a point where we are not disappointed. We, because it says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to go to another scripture. Romans chapter 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. It says, now, say now. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. You know, one translation says the God of all hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, say it, in believing, in believing, say in believing. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does it look to like to abound in hope? I think it looks probably like Tigger. You remember Tigger? He's bouncing, right? (laughs) He is so full of hope, he can't sit still. Abounding gives you that picture. It's not just, oh, I'm full of hope, you know, Praise God, hallelujah, amen. No, hope looks like something. You know, love looks like something. Love requires action. Hope looks like something too. When you start getting this biblical hope, it'll change your countenance. It'll change, I tell Leonard, every time I see him, I said, you wore your testimony on your face again. <laughs> I said, Good job, you gotta make sure you put that on in the morning. Like, remember your testimony, Leonard wears it on his face. <laughs> we can all wear our testimony on our face. We need We need this. We need to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. But I love this little phrase in the middle, in believing. In believing. This is where the hope comes from. It comes from our belief system. Okay? This is why some things that are true are more true than other things. I just read it. I just read the last uh, uh, little uh, Romans chapter 5. I was reading about this hope does not disappoint because of what? The love of God has been poured out in your hearts. The love of God is what I call a cornerstone truth. I would say it's very, it, it comes with it, is the goodness of God. If you have a question or a doubt that God loves you, or if you are not convinced completely that he's good, it will twist the way that you see him, and it'll actually bring disappointment in your life. This is the hope that's invincible. This is, and I'm not saying I'm there yet, Okay? Because I'm getting a deeper revelation every day of God's love for me. 
but it's possible. It's possible. And so uh, I'd, I'd encourage you to take those scriptures and dig into them and, and challenge what I'm saying. This will change your life. It will change your life. So in believing. So here's what, I, here's what I've come to the conclusion on on this. Uh, the more truth you believe, the more hope, hope will manifest in your life. I like, I, I'm kind of have a scientific type brain. I, I come from a, like a Swiss German heritage. So I like things that I can test. And here is something that you can put to the test. You can try this. Is like, think about your area, your, your life, in any area of your life where there's hopelessness. I guarantee you, in that area, there's a lie that you're believing. I guarantee it. That could feel overwhelming because we, we think, oh man, there's a lot of areas where I feel hopeless. <laughs> yeah, just take a lap break. <laughs> we need the truth. And I call it a hope, I call it a, uh, um, my hope barometer. It's like, we need an app for it. Like the hope barometer app. <laughs> it's like, how's my hope level today, Lord? Oh, it has a little sensor. It checks your heart. It's like, Siri talks to you. She says, you are hopeless about your wayward brother, you know. <laughs> oh, I must be believing a lie there. So when we ask the Lord, what lie am I believing? Because he's the God of all hope. He always has a solution. He's never hopeless. Could you imagine God being hopeless? Could you imagine him just showing up and being like, sorry, this, this situation is hopeless. <laughs> but we do that, right? Or we, we might not say it, but we, that's the attitude we have. Could you imagine God saying, you know what? America's hopeless. Give up. It's like it's just they've gone too far. He's the God of all hope. He's got a solution for America. He's got a solution for our national debt. He's got a solution for the systemic issues in our society. The, the, just the orphan spirit that's trying to like lead people to hell. He's got a solution and, and the solution is Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's the God of all hope. He has the solution. He's given the solution even. And so, uh, in, 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 in uh, uh, Psalm chapter 2, I'm going to read this. Psalm chapter 2. So we talked about the hope barometer. Use your hope barometer. Like, ask the Lord, what areas of my life are hopeless? It makes it very easy to start combating those areas with truth. Like, so if you have a hopelessness connected to your nation, maybe even watching too much news lately, maybe that would help just turn that off. Um, <laughs> but... If you have a hopelessness connected to your city, your state, to your church, intentionally start attacking that with truth. Find something in his word that's true, that you can stand on until you have hope. And you'll know when you have hope because it'll show up on your face. I'm serious. I've seen people delivered from this. Like demons come out of people when they start doing this. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, the word uh, demon possessed, that is actually a mistranslation. It's in the King James, by the way. Any modern translation would use something more like demonized. And I just want to tell you, Christians can be demonized. We all experience some level of oppression. I'm not saying, you know, there's, maybe you could say it's level 1 to 10. You know, some people are, you know, more, uh, uh, they've given themselves over, you could say, more to these kind of forces. But I've been delivered. 
And I'm, I mean, like as a minister of the gospel, I've been delivered. I've had moments, you know, that depression is a spirit. And it still comes, tries to come back on me at times. You know, it says, put on the garment of praise for the what? The spirit of heaviness. There's a spirit of heaviness. There's a spirit of depression. There's a spirit of suicide. I've seen them, people get that thing off of them. But I want to tell you, you start living this way, you'll start just getting free. You'll get freer. And so I want to encourage you. Um, Psalm chapter 2, it says this, verse 1. Why are the nations in an uproar and the people's devising a vain thing? The people's devising a vain thing. Does that just sound like the times we live in? The schemes of the enemy. The schemes of the peoples. The nations in an uproar. The kings of the earth take their stand. And the rulers take, cou- take counsel together against the Lord. Against the Lord. Do you know the Antichrist is, is it's, it's more than just, it's, it's actually a spirit. Study it in your Bible. It's a spirit. It's anti-anointing. Against the Lord. That's, that's anti-Lord. Antichrist. So we see this all around us. The, the kings of the earth taking their stand, you know, doing all their thing. It's uh, preaching godlessness, humanism. You, got, you guys know the story. And this is what the earth is doing. Do you know what, how God responds to that? He said, oh, you know, he must be so concerned. Oh, no. Look at these people. What are they doing? They're just conspiring against my anointed one. They're taking a stand against Jesus, the, the Antichrist, the very thing I said to save them. How does God respond to this? Let's keep reading. Verse 3, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. And we're not quite to God's response yet. Verse 4, this is what God does. He who sits in the heavens laughs. (laughs) The Lord scoffs at them. (laughs) This is good news. Who wants to be more like God? Who wants to follow the instructions in Scripture to be imitators of God? That's pretty audacious. But it's in scripture. Imitators of God. Okay, well, what is God doing when he hears all this crud? He's sitting down and he's laughing. (laughs) What does God do when he hears a lie? Oh, man, I need to take a seat. (laughs) Did you hear that, Michael? (laughs) Did you hear that, Gabriel? (laughs) Did you hear that lie? Somebody's down there saying that America will never be saved. (laughs) Somebody's down there saying like, oh, this situation's hopeless. It's just too much. Give up. Build a bomb shelter in the desert. But this is a room full of Caleb's and Joshua's. Caleb's and Joshua's think like God thinks. They see the same circumstances and they get excited. They don't just even think, oh, yeah, I think we could do it. It's, no, we're going to eat this for lunch. We're going to eat this for lunch. You know how one of the ways you'll know you have a renewed mind? Is the supernatural becomes logical. Seriously. I'm not saying this is every day, but there's been times in my life when I see someone that's sick, I I get excited. I know that sounds weird, but I've just seen God move. Oh, you got cancer? Oh, oh. this is a chance. God's going to be glorified right now. Just give me two minutes of your time. I'm not saying that's been my experience every day, but I'm saying that I've tasted of that. Or I've seen so many miracles where I think, oh, this, is, this makes sense. Because your mind starts getting renewed that, oh, this is actually normal. 
This is actually normal. He prayed it. I'm living it out. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Bam! On earth as it is in heaven, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no death in heaven. Do you know that death itself is a spirit? I'm going to share a little testimony. One of my best friends, he died prematurely. I know it was premature. He had a destiny of his life. It was, uh, he had prophetic promises he had not fulfilled. Um, and I drove all the way from Redding, California to, to LaGrande, Oregon to try to raise him from the dead. This is probably six years ago. And we prayed for three days for my friend to be raised from the dead. And uh, he was a little stubborn. <laughs> he was a little stubborn. He was a believer, so we weren't praying for his sake. We were praying for our sake. It's like, this is not fair. You got stuff to do. And I told the whole story. I mean, it was obvious. This was not, this was not in God's plan. How do you think God told us to go raise the dead if everybody dies in his timing? That's ridiculous. Death is a spirit. And even death itself will be swallowed up one day. Because death is not in God's original plan. And it will be swallowed up in Christ. So we prayed for three days. And uh, he was stubborn. He wouldn't come back. And we finally let him go. And that's when I mourned. And I mourned for a whole day because he was my friend and I missed him. And I let him go. I said, dang it, okay. Fine, stay in heaven. <laughs> uh, and I mourned for a whole day. And then the Lord gave me that scripture. Uh, maybe you can find this for me, Mike. It talks about a stiff-necked, or, or the rebuke over and over again, a stiff neck. It's in the Proverbs. Maybe look it up. And I'll read it because I can't remember right now. But I'll, he find me, as when Mike's finding that. You got a memory, right? What's, how's it go? That's it. That's it. That's perfect. He, how do you say it again? He who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. The Lord dropped that scripture in my spirit in that moment, like after, after, after it was a few days after we had prayed, and I knew exactly what he was saying. He was saying, this spirit of death is stiff-necked spirit. It's a stiff-necked spirit. And I had spent three days rebuking that thing and commanding it to let go of my friend. And But he said, this thing will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. And that's true. It will be. It will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. That's what the Bible says. It'll be swallowed up. The death itself, it'll be the last thing to fall before Jesus Christ. When we pray against cancer, we are, we are putting that spirit in submission to Jesus. Are we, do we see 100% success rate? No but the percentage is increasing. I can just tell you that. Now, here's the good news. We're in a win-win situation because my friend's in heaven. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I mourn for him and I've never mourned quite like this. And then I, the Lord gave me this scripture. Uh, uh, Psalm 27, 13. I'm giving you a lot of scripture. I hope you can handle this. Um, this is it. So Psalm 27, 13, it says, it says this. I would have despaired Anybody experienced despair? We've all been there. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. No, I misread that on purpose. Were you paying attention? Unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, not in the sweet bye-bye and by and by. Now. Some of us, some people will actually guard their heart from miracles because they don't want to be disappointed. It's the wrong approach. The best thing you can do for mental health, for, for, for emotional health, is to believe. Is to radically believe. 
And there was something in my radical belief in that moment. It let me radically mourn. And I just got it all out. I said, this is not fun, God. And I just mourned it all out. And then it was one day of mourning and I was done. I'm not saying that that should be normal. I, everybody has a different process. Mourning is a weird thing. It's a weird thing. You know, sometimes it creeps up on you. You know? But I'm just saying, that was my experience in that, that time. And the Lord gave me a key for battling despair. We're talking about heart sickness today. We're talking about the, 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 the hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Somebody's going to get healed of disappointment today. So uh, there's giants in the land, people. There's giants in this room. I'm sure there are. There's things that when you hear them, it literally causes a physical reaction, like a traumatic response. Oh, because of pain, because of disappointment from the past. God wants to heal you. He wants to give you a radical faith so you can be free from despair. That you could believe now. I would believe that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Does anybody want that? I want more of it. I'm preaching to myself because I need this message. Probably as much as any of y'all. Um, but coming back to this Psalm 2 thing. The God's response to lies. Because I, I want to give you some practical tools today so you can leave this place equipped to go on a journey of becoming an aboundingly hopeful Christian. This is possible. You can be full of hope. And I want to encourage you. In fact, one of my mentors, Steve Backlund, this is where I get this message from, by the way, because he's, my, he's, my, he's my, spirit, my spiritual father. And he has taken this message all over the world. And I have seen it change lives. I've seen a lot of miracles. I've seen things. But this message, I've seen it change culture. I've seen it change culture. The whole culture of a church change from this message. And I, I want to just encourage you. This is powerful. It will change your life. One of the things that we do, I do with Steve, you know, when we get together and maybe we're, we're like, even before a service, it's just become a way of life. We'll ask each other. So, hey, Steve, have you heard any good lies lately? <laughs> He'll be like, oh, hey, Levi, do you, have you heard any good lies? You got any good lies we can laugh at? He wrote a book called Let's Just Laugh at That. It's a good book. It's a little, little tiny book. And, it, and it's just, it's all about this, what I'm talking about. How do you renew your mind? How do you get rid of the lie? You laugh at it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's something you can practice. It's what he does. It's what God does. So, uh, and I want to say this, some of you guys need to cry before you can laugh because there's a mourning in, uh, sometimes it's a sense of like deception or even like wasted time. I, 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 there's been moments where truth has hit me, like a truth like this, where I just wanted to cry because I thought, and then, and the other reason you might cry, want to cry is the lie feels so true because it's become like so normal in your life. Does that make sense? So it actually creates, it's, it's like, the, it's like the last thing you want to do is laugh. It's like, I just want to cry. And that's, that is heart sickness coming out if you let it. So it's okay to cry. It out. I'm, not just, I'm not saying we should always laugh in church. But if you never laugh in church, you're probably not in the presence of God as much as you think you are. Because Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Joy looks like something. Joy looks like something, just like love looks like something. <laughs> so... So my question for you is, have you heard any good lies lately? <laughs> Let's get, I, I, I call it my flusher. It's like a way of flushing it. And sometimes when you actually say stuff out loud that you're believing, and you realize how ridiculous it is. You realize how ridiculous it is. But we, we set ourselves up for failure because we, 
Our words are powerful. I shared a little bit about that yesterday if you were here, the power of our words. But we'll say things over our life. We'll say things over our region. This is something I hear when I go to England. Oh, it's really hard. This is a hard region. It's hard soil. That's a terrible thing to say. Why would you, why would you declare that? Why would you partner with that reality that you're living? That's not the truth. So I, when I go to England, I see people get saved. I saw uh, about 30 people receive Jesus in England in two hours on the streets a few years ago. And I was with people that said, this is a really hard place. But that's why it's powerful to travel. Because, you, you, you know, that's a whole other message. You, you, it, it gets you out of your normal, kind of like the things that you're stuck in. And you get, and you start realizing, oh, that's not normal. So, we don't want to say stuff like that. You know, like say stuff like, oh, this church is really struggling. Maybe that's the reality you're living in, but... Think of something you can say to give God something to work with. You could say it like this. Man, we've been through our challenges, but the best is yet to come. It's a better thing to say. It's a better thing to partner with. And when you hear that thing like, oh, this church is dying. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> Anybody heard else heard any good lies lately? These are like my favorite prayer meetings these days. We just laugh at lies. And then you get health benefits from it, too, because laughter is really good for you. Anybody else heard a good lie we want to laugh at? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Anybody? Any volunteers? All right, you got one. What's... Things are too good to last this way. Let's laugh at that. ha, 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 ha. got one? I'm too old. It's not going to get any better. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Devin had one? We're not good enough. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> and I could show you scripture for each of these things that you could replace with truth. It, when you said it can't get any better, it can't, we can't expect it to stay this good. You know, that when I was sharing at the very beginning about from glory to glory, also, you could quote Isaiah uh, chapter 9. Of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. Of, of, of the increase of his peace and government, there'll be no end. So no, it's not going to go back and be worse. It's going to be better. It's going to get better. I started telling people, this is the best day yet because of those scriptures about from glory to glory. And I just started declaring it. Today is the best day yet. Every meeting I go into, I say, this is the best meeting yet. The best meeting yet because we're going from glory to glory. I started having really good meetings. <laughs> so I was giving God something to work with. It's not just positive thinking. I'm not, and positive thinking is better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. But this is a lifestyle. It's the gospel. We go from glory to glory. And we always win, even in death. We win. So we're, it's like we're unstoppable. We can, we have a hope that we'll never, we can, we can be free from disappointment with this kind of hope I'm talking about. If we are anchored in the love of God, completely convinced, he's good. Even when I don't understand, he's good. He loves me. There's things we go through in life that are hard to explain. Sometimes we need to forget and let go. We hold on to, we know what, to what we know is true. I'm going to ask the team to come up. But before I do that, I'm going to ask, if you're here in this room, and, you're, and you don't even know why you're here maybe, uh, as the team, you can kind of come up and get ready. 
We're talking about hope today, the hope of glory. We, ha- we have a hope. Uh, me and my friends and, 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 and the friends here that I've met in, in, at People's Church, if this isn't your church, there's so many folks here that have this hope. And it's the hope of glory. It's a hope for this life and the next one. And maybe you're here today and you don't have this hope. Maybe you're thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> and I want to give you an invitation to give your life to Jesus today. Because he is the solution that I'm talking about. He's the reason why we could be full of hope. Even when we face hard things. This hope I'm talking about, it's more than circumstances. In fact, if this hope is determined by your circumstances, you don't got the hope I'm talking about. It goes deeper than that. It's a hope that you can spit at, you can kick it, you can curse it, you can nail it to a cross, and it's still there. It's invincible. And we all have access to that hope today through Jesus Christ. And if you're here today, and as I'm preaching today, and you're starting to feel something in you, and you know it's there, and you're, you're, something's pulling you, I want you to just stand up right now, if that's you. If you need to give your life to Jesus, just maybe start with a hand. If it's hard to stand, just start with a hand up. We're going to do it right in front of everyone. Because the Bible says, if you acknowledge, Jesus says, if you acknowledge me before men, that's why we're doing it with eyes open. If you make an acknowledgement to Jesus, even if it's, you don't even understand what's happening, you say, I'm acknowledging you, that you're there. If you acknowledge him before men, Jesus will acknowledge you before the Father. And something powerful happens when you just make that acknowledgement. If you're here today and you want to make a public acknowledgement that I need Jesus Christ, just lift your hand up. Just lift your hand up high, right here. I can see your hand. I can see your hand. Yeah, I see it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just be bold and say, I'm going to do this today. Somebody else? Right, where are they? Right here. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. And, and this is not to embarrass you. This is to launch you. This is to break every chain. This is to break every chain of hopelessness that's held you down. Anybody else? Want to say, I want to, I want to, I want to do it. Come on, Naomi. Yes. Anybody else? I say, I want to acknowledge Jesus today. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I'm going to invite you to just stand up if that's you. If you just raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, you're too afraid. You can stand up anyhow. Just stand up. I'm going to have you guys just come forward right now. I'm not, I don't want to miss this moment. Just come forward right over, over here. I'm going to ask a, a couple of y'all, maybe Leslie and Kevin. Could you do, help me with this? This is my friend Kevin. He's going to pray with you guys. And I believe there's an exchange that's going to happen. There, these two friends right here, you guys raise your hand. Is that right? Did you want to come? Did you want to come forward, Don? You're good? Okay, we're going to pray for you, though, all right? We're going to pray for you. So if you guys could just come a little further back to this side, and, and, then, and, and Leslie and Kevin are just going to pray with you guys. Jesus is really good at multitasking. So is this, we just want to welcome you into the, the kingdom today. Yeah, just give the Lord a praise, a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now, team, could you come up here? So we got, uh, we got some words. I just asked the team to, to ask the Lord for some words. We're going to start with just some, some prophetic, uh, uh, just stuff we felt like God was saying. And again, the prophetic is so powerful with this thing I'm talking about with hope. Because the prophetic, it combats oftentimes the very lie that's holding us back. And so we need that truth. Uh, from the word of God. Amen. So we're going to share that now. Are you ready? All right. All right. Um, well, it's really good to be here. And um, I'm just looking around and just appreciating all the faces. And um, 
just kind of seen, uh, there's a lot of people here, not to call you guys out, but there's a lot of, you know, people maybe over the age of 50 that are here. And I just feel like um, maybe there's been a lie in your heart of saying like, well, you know, maybe God doesn't have anything more for me, you know. And I just really feel like the Lord is saying, actually, now is your time to shine. And now is the time where he's, he's really going to use you more probably than you've ever been used. Because as Levi was saying with the Asbury revival, there's so many Gen Z um, people who are getting saved. And they need mothers and they need fathers. And I feel like I had a dream last night. I'm not going to share it. But the, the gist of it, I would say that I can release is that God, um, he wants to remove maybe the lie that some of you might have been listening to. That because you haven't been mothered or haven't been fathered, that you can't be used as a mother and a father in the spirit. And I feel like God wants to heal that inside of you because he really wants to use you. Um, I believe that God is going to fill um, Gen Zers in this place. I believe he's going to draw them. He's going to bring them. They need mothers and they need fathers to lead them along. Um, so I don't know how you want to do that, but um, if you want me to pray or what? Okay. Yeah. Um, everybody over the age of 50, can you just stand if you're able? I just want to pray over you. <laughs> Not to call you guys out. <laughs> oh, bless you all. Bless you guys. Yeah. We just want to honor you. We're honoring you. Because your, your best days are ahead. Yeah, God has a plan. He has a purpose. Um, So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person in this room, God. I thank you for um, the saints who have been seasoned, God, with time. And, Lord, I I pray that you'd use them, that you'd bless them. And, God, that you would even heal any of the hurts, any of the wounds uh, from their past. Maybe they've been um, hurt or abused by mothers and fathers. And, God, I pray that you would remove those lies and um, that you would just use them mightily to mother and father the next generation, God. Thank you for trusting them. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Um, Kevin, you just came up for prayer and I asked them what your name was. And um, I, um, when I was standing here, I saw you and I, I, um, I saw you as a little boy. And uh, I saw how you longed uh, for your father to play with you. And I see um, God just saying, you're still my little boy. You can jump into my arms. You're still my little boy. You'll always be my little boy. I love the fact that you are adventurous. I love the fact that you think outside the box and most people think you're crazy. But for me, you're not. You're my little boy. And he enjoys when you speak. He loves to hear your voice. He loves to know what you have to say. And whatever has happened, he's a good father. He loves you even though, no matter what. He really loves you. Um, is, there, is there somebody here who, is, who has three children, two older boys and a little girl? Yes, but two boys and a girl. Are they young now, Are they young now or older now? Older. Are yours younger in the back? Okay. Yeah. She has two ones. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I just saw three children. So to you guys, they'll always be little. Maybe I'm just saying it little, you know. But um, I saw a dream about them last night and you guys. And I don't know as moms how it has been bringing these three children up. I don't know if they have had a good relationship. But what I know is that every day, 
the going in, the going out, the picking up, the drop-offs, the cooking, the cleaning. God has really been a part of your environment. He's been a part of your home. Even the times when you went mad and, and screamed at them. And you thought, I'm such a bad mom. I really see God saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. You've done, you've done like my heart, please. And I also want to encourage you saying, yes, they are your children, but they are God's before yours. And God's looking after them. God's taking care of them. The prayers and the cries you've had, those sleepless nights, those nights when you thought, oh God, what's going to happen next? God's saying, I got this. I got this for you. Thank you for staying strong. Thank you for praying for them. Even those intentional thoughts were prayers that you made. Thank you for that. Anyone born in, in the month of June 1943? No. Anyone has anybody who you know of? In the month of June 1943? Okay. I just woke up with 643 when it was 643 and I just felt it was that time, but in the years and months. Um, Phil, I have a word for you. I, I feel God's calling you and saying this over you. You're prosperous and healthy and you influence love. And I met you last evening and whilst I was in your midst, all I could tangibly feel was love, kindness and generosity from the Father. In the small actions, in the little gestures, I felt so covered, so secure, so seen, so known, so loved on, unconditionally. I think it's a gift from the Father. And I feel like you're going to win so many people's hearts by just that kindness that only the Father can display. Nobody else. And it's just out of the little things you do, which just seem nothing to you, but they're big, they're huge, and they change my life. And I believe they will change many more. Thank you, Jesus. I got oh, a name, um, Jenny. Is there anybody, anybody named Jenny in the room? Is there a Jenny here? Where's Jenny? She's in the back. Jennifer, is that you? Come on. Can you stand up, please, Jenny? I felt like the Lord may tell you, you're a fair one. You have a rare areas where you've been coming across feeling unfun, friendly, and welcoming. But the Lord wants to say that that was the old you. And he's restoring those parts of you in the very places where you've been feeling those undespairs. And this place is even feeling this, this new cleansingness, this feeling of feeling whole, feeling comforted. The Lord is wanting to say that you are not just his friend, but you're his family. You're his daughter. He's not just saying that he's called you to be the name Jenny. That, that Jenny is actually a breaker of the Middle Ages. You actually bring unity in people's lives that are for the older generation, but the newer generation too. And I'm saying that you're going to bring roots in, 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 other, in other people. Your, mean, your name even means too, J- Janet and Jane. And, um, yeah, I have another one. It's okay. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're, you're blessed. You can sit down. I got, um, I saw a picture. There was, does anybody here have a son in the age of 10 in the hospital? Does somebody here have a son age 10 and they're having like a medical issue right now? 
Anybody? This is what happens. Usually when we do this, people come up to us afterwards and say that was me, but I was too afraid. Just, just be brave if that's you. There's somebody here that has a son age 10. Just even a son age 10. Anybody? Okay. Yeah, there's somebody back there. Is that, did you raise your hand or no? Okay. Are you, do you have a son age 10? Right there. Are they have any health issues or anything? No. Okay, that's good. Well, that's the closest thing to your word, I think, here. Unless there's somebody that's not speaking up. Do you have a word for him? Um, yeah, uh, I just saw the word um, continuous, where things are going to come up so continually. There's many places of your life that you felt like you've been so unseen. And I feel like the Lord wants to say, you are continually going to be seen more than you realize you've been unseen. And he wants to show you that there's nothing that can come against you and his connection with him. He just wants to be a continual friend to you, not just in a sense of a father, but in every little circumstance, continually going out and doing little things of playing on a swing or going outside, sitting in a car, playing your video games. He wants to continually just meet you in the little moments where you're with your parents and with your family. He loves you so much. He wants to give you continual love. Amen. Bless you. Um, Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much for hosting us and inviting us. This is such an opportunity and a blessing. And thanks for inviting us. Um, I have a word for, um, for this group of people. Um, if you ever felt like you lost your time or, um, the enemy stole your time or you've been, um, you felt like clock was ticking or you have lost the time, please stand up. So just to clarify, if you, if you're here and you feel like you've lost time and you're like, you, there's a despair connected to that. Like, I've lost so much time. Just stand up. The Lord saying, anybody that feels like you're out of time or if you've lost time. There's two of you here. Anybody else that means something to you? God's healing something there. Go ahead. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I just want to pray over you guys uh, that whatever the enemy has stolen from you, that it will be restored completely in Jesus' name. And I declare hope, uh, fresh hope in the season that's coming um, to you. And I, I declare whatever the time is lost will be restored multiple fold. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, yeah, I got one more. Uh, one more. Sir, I, you have a tattoo on your neck. Um, I don't know what's your name. Junior. Junior? Oh, cool. Um, I just saw you and I felt the Lord loves you so much. I just want to encourage you that uh, it's not accident that you're standing right now, um, that he kisses you with heaven kisses and he blesses you. And you have a really childlike heart um, that the Lord sees and knows you. And he's so proud of you. Thanks for coming. All right, Leslie. Okay. The lady in the teal uh, sweater. Yes. Hi. Um, you have such a beautiful heart to serve and just pour out into others. And I feel like the Lord is inviting you into a new season to be a Mary and to just sit at his feet and just to adore him. So I just wanted to bless you with that. And yeah, that's all I got. Anybody? Kevin. How's everybody doing? Good. Um, I have something just really simple. Um, I was sitting here and I was praying for you guys. And, um, the first thing I heard God say, he says, um, what they're doing in secret, God's going to reward you openly. And I heard it over and over and over. I heard it like three times. What you're doing in secret, God's going to reward you openly. And then the second thing I, I saw was more visual. And I, I saw, um, <laughs> it's going to be good. Give me a second. Um, 
I, I know you're gonna go, I, you're gonna be triggered by the first thing this happens, but believe me, uh, I saw like this black cloud, right? And I was just thinking in my head, I was like, again, I was like, Father, we rebuke the black cloud, Jesus, you know. And then I saw water, and I kept on seeing water like a like a like a river here, and I kept on seeing it over and over and over, and I kept on seeing like winds, and then a black cloud, and then the river, right, over and over and over, and I was just like, I was like, okay. Well, you're gonna have to give me a scripture because we're gonna we're gonna take care of this. And the Lord, uh, let me show you what He sh- showed me. Um, Psalms 18, um, verse 11 and 12. It says, "He made darkness his secret place; his canopy around him was a, was dark waters, and in the thick clouds of sky, from brightness from him." His thick clouds pass with hailstones and coal, coal fire. And it says, the Lord also thunders from heaven, and the Most High utters his voice in hailstones and coal fire. And then the second thing I saw was in Psalms 104, 2 through 4 and 15. It says, whoever uh, who covers himself with light and with a garment, who stretches out the, the heavens like a curtain, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. And who makes the clouds of, of his chariot, who makes the wings of wind, who makes his angel spirits, his ministering flames of fire. And then it says, and, and wine would make, makes glad his, the heart of man, and oil to his face shine, and bread in which the strength um, man's heart. And I, and I felt like God was saying over this church and over um, that he's here. And that, uh, and uh, there, like, I felt like it was a continuous of the last thing I, I saw from this church, from this church, that there was, there's, there's angels here, and that His ministering glory is going to come even more, um, even more. And and again, uh, I just felt like God was saying, it's like because of what you do in secret, God's going to reward you openly, and that His, and again, His, His, the winds and the glory, and the power of God is here. Amen. Praise God. We have some, some just words of knowledge for healing. We felt like God was going to heal some bodies. We're right at 1159 though. So do you want us to just do that? We can do it pretty quick, but I'll let you. Um, did you want to call them out or just have people come down that need it? Oh, sure. Do it in like just a couple minutes. We'll do that real quick. Um, so team, if we call out the condition that you are dealing with, a physical condition, just stand up, okay? Some of you are going to get healed before we pray because the Lord sent forth his word and he healed them, okay? So you actually don't have to pray to get healed. You guys know that? Jesus said just heal the sick. So sometimes we pray. Sometimes it. Sometimes we could pray past the miracle in doubt as well. So just relax. If they call out your condition, just stand and wait, okay? We're going to call up a bunch of stuff. If, if you're standing and they call out another thing that you're dealing with, you're already standing, just put your hand up so we know that's you. Okay, ready? Okay, anyone um, having sleepless nights or nights with bad dreams and unable to have a restful night, please stand up. The Lord is, the Lord is here healing ears and stomach ulcers. Dis- dislocated shoulder. Pain in throat. Pain in throat. Pain in throat. Yeah, throat. 
colonoscopy? Do you know what that is? Yeah, colon issues, kidney issues. And then weak back and weak legs. Or minor damage in the brain. So I have trauma, PTSD, um, maybe specifically from war or um, any, anything like that. Or PTSD, uh, trauma, uh, whatever that is from the war, um, and chronic anxiety. Um, and also I have celiac disease, if anybody, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, um, I was hearing plantar fasciitis, like in the bottom of your foot, if you're having foot pain, um, and also tension headaches. And I want to second with that shoulder. If anybody has uh, pain in your shoulder, God's healing a shoulder. And also, um, I think the last thing was that it was, yeah, the back. Yeah, dude, you got it. Yeah. All right, so if you're standing, just stay standing. But if you're standing right now, just put one hand in the air if you're standing. Just keep your hand in the air. Now. Keep your hand in the air until you have someone with you uh, just to pray with you, okay? And, or we won't pray, actually, at first. Actually, uh, um, so just keep your hand in the air. So now if, you are, if you're sitting, and you can just relax, uh, my friend here uh, in the tie-dye. Sorry, I, was, I wasn't looking at you. I was looking at the person behind you. Just relax. Yeah, so uh, just keep your hand in the air. Yeah, somebody will come to you. So just keep your hand in the air. If you're seated, you're on the ministry team. You're recruited, all right? If you've never seen a healing, it's okay. I've seen this happen through Muslims. I've seen it happen through atheists. Because it's not, it's not about you. It's about what Jesus said. He said, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. So if you're, if you're seated and you think I'm not qualified for this, you're who I'm talking to. You're on the ministry team. Go to someone with their hand up. Just stand by them. Don't pray yet. Hear me out. Listen to my instructions. Just go stand by them and wait. You can introduce yourself. You can ask what's going on. When you have somebody with you, just put your hand down. When you have somebody with you, put your hand down. Everybody should have someone. No one's alone. There's, there's one right here. Yeah, there you go. We, we need somebody here with my friend back here. With my friend right there. We'll get everybody covered. Somebody's coming. We got, uh, so once you have somebody with you, put your hand down. You can put your hand down just so I know. Do you have somebody with you? Okay, we need somebody here. If there's a couple with you, send one, someone over. Don't pray yet. Somebody's praying. Hold up. Listen up. I'm telling you, just listen. We need somebody else right over here. Okay, now just take a laugh break real quick. Just laugh with me. Okay, does, does anybody not have somebody with you? Don't want to fall off the stage. I might need healings here soon. Uh, careful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, does everybody have somebody? Okay, now here's the thing. I want you, if you're standing for healing and you can test your body part, I want you to test it right now. We haven't prayed yet. Just begin to move your back, move your knee. Do something that would normally hurt. If you're deaf, try talking in their ear. Just try if it's testable. Some of these things are hard to test. Some of these things are hard to test, so I understand if you can't test it. But if you can test it, test it right now. Test it. I dare you, test it. If your back was hurting, just bend it. Move it. There should be movement right now. Begin to move. Some people aren't moving. Come on, move. You can tell how much. Try Just try something. I see 90% of the people I see get healed happen when I tell them, test it out. It's an act of faith. Okay. Who, who just, who just got healed? We haven't prayed yet. Did you get healed? You feel something? What were you feeling before? Back pain? Did you test it? Okay. Just, just moving around. We haven't prayed yet. Anybody else getting breakthrough? Some kind of improvement? Who's, who's getting healed right now? 
some improvement in your ears? Tonight is something's changing, something's happening. Anybody else experiencing something? We haven't prayed yet, remember. God is here. Okay, that's all right. Now, now you've got a person with you. I want that person to just think about this scripture. I don't want you to say anything. Think about this scripture. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. I don't want you to say one thing. I want you to put your hand on their body. As long as it's an appropriate place. Okay? But I want you to put, if you can, put it on the place that needs healing. If it's the ear, put it on the ear. If it's the head, put it on the head. I don't want you to say one word of prayer. Just put your hand on them and just meditate on that truth. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Just just relax in that. Just rest in that. He's really good at your, his job. You know that? He's the healer. He's really good at his job. You can laugh. That's all. You're allowed to laugh. <laughs> just take one laugh break. Just, just go ahead and just give it a faith laugh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now, I want you to turn to that person and tell them, test it out. If they can test it. Just check it. Check their body. Move it again. Who just got healed? What happened? Your back? How do you, how do you know it's healed? You can move. So the pain is, is gone. So my friend here, she had back pain. Her pain is, is left. Headache. The headache's better? All gone. Not just better. The headache's gone. Who else is getting healed right now? Who else just got healed? We, we haven't prayed yet. How are you doing? Much better? Like you're sure? How bad was it before? Pretty bad, pretty bad back pain. And what's it, where's it at now? Like two on a scale of one to 10, it was a two. Where was it before? It was a seven. So she went from a seven to a two. That's, that's, that's way better than statistically. That's way better than back surgery. I'm serious. It's way better. Statistically, that's way better. We have, we're not done yet though. We're not done. Jesus is here. Who else just got healed? Anybody experiencing healing? Somebody got healed over here. What happened? Can you shout it out? Sinus, throat, throat pain, headache. It's feel, you're feeling relief. For three days, she's had this. She's getting relief right now. The Spirit of God is in this place. The Spirit of God is in this place. Now, I, I want to give you one more set of instructions. If there's any trace of this condition still, if it's completely gone, then your job is done. Your job is done. But if there's any trace of this condition, or if you haven't had any measure of breakthrough yet, that's okay. We're going to get it here. I want the person that's standing with you Hear me out. This is important. Jesus says, speak to the mountain to be cast into the sea. If you speak to this mountain, be cast in the sea. Now, don't talk to God about their problem. Talk to the problem. Okay? This is important. This is authority. This is, this is using your authority. So we don't actually, sometimes we talk to God about the problem instead of talking to the problem about God. Does it, you see the difference? So, because he's given you the authority. So this is, this is a little training, a teaching on, heal, on how to heal the sick. Be as specific as possible. So if it's, if, it's, if it's like, if you know the name of the condition, name it out loud. And you say, say just real simply, I command this pain in the back out in the name of Jesus right now. You don't have to scream. I like to scream. I get dramatic a little bit. But I command this headache out. Talk to it like a stray dog. Talk to it like you would talk to a stray dog that's trying to bite you. So, somebody with you, if you have a two still, 
We command that back pain, that two-level back pain, to get out 100% right now. And just talk to that problem and tell it to get out in Jesus' name. Who else just got healed? Who else just got healed? You got healed when we did that? How's it doing? Move it around. This one still needs healed? But that one's better? Wow. How bad was that one before? It was hurting. Arthritis. The Lord's healing you. We just, let's try, let's get her other one now. Yeah, yeah, get her other one. Yeah, talk to that one too. In Jesus' name. Who just got healed? You're, you're doing better? Who else just got healed? What happened? Headache, is it, the headache's gone. Anybody, anybody, any new healings that just happened? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Something in your hearing? The ringing's gone. Praise God. Yeah, we had that specific word about hearing in Jesus' name. Yeah, Leonard's got something. Hey, everybody, we're up against the clock. I'm going to put the basket down here. I'm going to ask if you would mind giving an offering to just so we can help uh, this the whole team with their expenses on the trip. God bless you so much, and thank you and your faithfulness to giving. It'll be right down where it always is. Uh, thanks for coming today. If you're a visitor, we've got some two ladies in the back. I want to give you a little gift and uh, encourage you. Come back and see us again, and God bless you all. What do you got? If you didn't get healed, you're welcome to come forward. Come forward right now. things. If you have something else we didn't call out, God will heal that as well. We'll come come right up here. Um, team, if you guys could come up and help me. Yeah, Christina, Kelsey. If you guys, any, if you need healing, come right here to my left side. Physical healing. There's somebody here left. I, you guys can go if you need to go, but there's somebody else on the left side. It's in your rib cage. It's right here on the left side. Who is that? Somebody, God's healing somebody right here. Who has a pain right here on your left side? It's in your rib cage. Who is that? Somebody has a problem right here. It's on your left side. Is it on your right side? Maybe I'm dyslexic. It's right here? Yeah, that, that's, that's you. Come forward. There's pain there. Is there anybody else that's on the left side? I felt that right. So if you need to go, we bless you. We, we just love you all. Um, but if you need healing still, physical healing, come right over here. Or if you need emotional healing, if you're, if you're going through some trauma, right over here.